0: This morning, we are going to begin a new series. And it's a series entitled, Who's Kidding Who? And we're going to talk about raising a godly generation. Now, here's what I know. I know this, that there are many of you, as I announce that we're going to do a series on raising the next generation, it would be easy for many of you to say, wait a minute, we're empty nesters. So for the next four weeks, we can check out because this really doesn't apply to us. Let me help you this morning. When God instructed Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 4, here's what he says. He says this, I want you to be very careful that you don't forget what you're seeing with your eyes. That, that you do not let this slip from your hearts. And, 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 and this is what it says. It says, I want you to teach everything that you see, I want you to teach everything that you hear, I want you to teach everything that's given to you to your children and to your children's children. Even more than that, when God is speaking, he is speaking not to an individual, he's speaking to a nation. He says, Hear, O Israel. It's a responsibility that a nation has to speak to that generation and to speak to the next generation. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that the greatest days of the church, the church globally, the church locally, the church that you're currently in, I believe, I, this, is, this is not hyperbole, I genuinely believe this that the greatest days of the church are immediately before us and the reason I believe that is the word of God says this it says in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh It says that in the last days, there will be one last great outpouring of the presence of God. There will be one last great ingathering of the saints, or what we always like to refer to as revival, and then... Christ will return. And I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that we are stepping into that season. I believe that we're seeing it happening globally and there are sprinkles of that last rain now descending in America. Will you be a part of that? Will we as a church be a part of that? It will happen when we understand the responsibility that we have To teach these things to our children and to our children's children. It's a different world. It's a different world than what I grew up in. The the opportunities that are available to us are unprecedented. The technology that we can place in our hands is absolutely revolutionary. I remember my first computer. My first computer, 16K of memory. There are children sitting in the room, they don't even know what K is. And now I'm able to have all these videos and, and all of these songs and, and I, can, I can text you, I, I can talk to people around the world, I, I, can, I can play games on this thing. It's amazing what it will do. It allows me to reach out to you. But you know what else it allows? It allows the world to reach out to me. The opportunity that we have to touch the globe with the reality of Christ. It has never been greater than today. Now, there's a balance to that, right? Because there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There's a great advocate and there's also a great adversary, right? The enemy goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Uh, and, and I believe this. I believe that it's important that, that parents, especially those of you that have children sitting beside you, uh, that you should not live your life in fear. Um, But the word of God says this, it says, do not live your life as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And you know what I have found? I have found this, that there are a lot of children that if I walk up to them and and talk with them, they'll be hesitant, right? And part of that is because as parents, we've taught our children about stranger danger. And yet, we welcome the world into our home through technology, right? Right? And we'll tell Billy or Susie, you know, just okay, go, go play in your room. And whether it be a, a, a smartphone, a tablet, a computer, um, there are those that are being used by the enemy to specifically target this next generation. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that as, as determined as they are, to impact our next generation that we as a church that we have to not only match that determination but that we have to have greater determination and what i'm going to do is this our our um, uh, our, our time has quickly slipped away from us here this morning and so i'm, I'm going to take the substance of my message uh, that i plan for this morning and i'm going to uh, i'm going to share it um, next sunday morning but i just want i want to give you a few highlights can i do that is that okay I want you to do this. I want you to take your Bible, and I, want you to turn to, um, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy, the 6th chapter. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it tells us this. It says this, starting in verse 1. It says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing, um, the, the, the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them, may fear the Lord your God as long as you live, and by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so you may enjoy long life. Really, that's what we want, right? That's what we want for ourselves, and that's what we want for our children, that we would enjoy long life. Enjoy long life. Life is meant to be enjoyed, not endured. Understand that, that God's plan for you is that life is meant to be enjoyed, Uh, Not endured. God wants you to live with a song in your heart, a smile on your face, and a swing in your step. He wants you to wake up each day knowing that He's got a great adventure for you, that His presence is with you, that His strength is there for you, that His wisdom will guide you, and the steps of the righteous are indeed ordained of the Lord. And He wants us to walk in that. He wants us to live in that. And yet, Here's what we find. We find this, that distractions and issues. I was, uh, I was in a McDonald's restaurant, and I overheard a mother talking to a child. And this is how the conversation went. Billy, 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 Billy. Billy, 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 what kind, of, what kind of shake do you want? Chocolate. He was fixed. His eyes were fixed on the display case of the Happy Meal toys. It didn't matter what mom said. It didn't matter how she called out, how she beckoned to him. He was Fixed keen focus on that entertainment opportunity it was it was right about the same time i was i was in walmart and i hear this from two aisles over i hear a child no more than 8 years of age saying this to a father oh, you just wait till we get home because I'm going to tell mom what you did and mom's going to deal with you. With everything that's within me, I wanted to step into that aisle and say to that father, sir, let me help you. Son, come here. I, I, want, I want to introduce you to this concept called discipline. We, we have a responsibility, friends. Not just a responsibility, uh, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity with, with the next generation. And I want you to notice this. I'm going to highlight. Watch these these next few chapters of Deuteronomy. So we just read Deuteronomy chapter 6. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you, uh, to observe in in the land that you are crossing, the Jordan to possess, so that your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Watch this. Chapter 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, Gergeshites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you, and when the Lord your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Do not let that unhealthy influence, do not let it have a single spot in your life. Let's go one chapter over, chapter number eight. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised uh, on an oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord God led you all the way in the desert 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, right? So observe all these commands. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy Chapter 9. Hear, O Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky. The people are strong and tall, Anakites. You know about them and have heard it said, Who can stand against the Anakites? But be assured today that the Lord your God is the one who goes across ahead of you. There's no challenge that we face. In discipling, in nurturing, in preparing the next generation and the generation after them. There is nothing that this world has to offer than is or greater rather, that is more powerful than the principles and the promises of God. And let let me let me go a step further. Eighty-five percent, listen to this. of children in evangelical churches today will walk out of the church by age 18 and not return. And the simple reason is this. They're not leaving because of theology. They're not leaving because of doctrinal issues. In fact, extensive research was done. A gentleman by by the name of Bob Lawrence wrote this book, uh, Keeping Your Teens in Touch with God. The number one reason that they leave is because of a lack of connection, a lack of involvement. And as we connect our children to the principles and the promises of God, as we engage with them in the spiritual journey, it will make all the difference in the world so I want you to do this for me. I want you to take your hand and go like this. Do you have a pulse? Anybody here not have a pulse? We have a doctor in the house. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. If you have a pulse, you have a responsibility in the next generation. Let me say that again. If you are here today and you have a pulse, you have a responsibility for the next generation. You're not simply here to occupy the time. And church is supposed to be more than, more than an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes on a Sunday morning. I don't want to get into politics this morning. I will say this. I'm not a big Hillary Clinton fan, but she did get one thing right, and that is this. It does take a village to raise a child. No, 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 no. It takes a congregation to raise a child. See, the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. And God has given you, ma'am, sir, God has given you gifting and ability that you are to invest in the child. And we as a church, we have to be invested in in, in a generation. It is not the responsibility of Pastor Shake to raise your child. It is not the responsibility of Pastor Brandon to disciple your adolescent, to disciple your teen. It is your responsibility. We are here to be a resource to you. We're here to be a help to you. But you cannot abdicate that responsibility. And church, understand this. We as a nation, we as a people, we have this responsibility to impress. And here's what it says in Deuteronomy 6. It says these principles you are to impress. When you think about making an impression, here's what it means, right? Right? Have you, have you ever gone and you had a paper and that paper needed to be signed and documented? It needed to be certified? And here's what they'll do. They'll take and they'll impress an insignia on that, right? And it's, it, the, the, the paper is permanently embossed with that insignia. And here's what the Word of God says. It says these principles that are in the Word of God that we are to impress them upon our children. That's the reason why the word of God is true when it says to train up your child in the way they are to go and the way that God has created them according to their natural spiritual bent. If you train up your child in the way they are to go, when they are old, they will not depart from it. But here's what it requires. Listen, it's not just telling them about it. It, it goes beyond education. It's this thing of impressing it upon them. It's the reason why Moses says this. He says, I want you to talk about it when you go along the road. I want you to talk about it when, you, when you're at home. I want you to talk about it when you lie down. I want you to talk about it when you rise up. I want you to bind them on your arm. I want you to write them on your foreheads. I want them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. These principles, they absolutely have to be woven into the very fiber of your being. Why? Because as Tomas so wonderfully articulated to us, friends, make no mistake, there is a battle for this generation and there's a battle for the next generation. And we as a church, you as an individual, you have to be invested in this generation. Who's kidding who? Listen, we must be a church that's raising children who turn out right. We have to be. I want you to take your Bibles. I want you to turn to 1 Samuel real quickly. I want to talk to you about the hindrances to a spirit-filled home. And the next, next Sunday, I'm going to talk about how we foster a, a, a spiritual climate in our home. In 1 Samuel, we're introduced... To a gentleman by the name of Eli. Eli's a good man. He really is. Eli's a good man. His heart is right, but he's misguided. Eli is the priest. Hannah brings her son Samuel to. Eli understands the principles of God. He understands what it means to walk right with God. And and, and when you understand God's providential hand, God causing Eli to be the mentor for little Samuel... And Samuel's significance in the journey of Israel, Samuel's significance in the choosing of David, that Eli was a man who understood, had a great grasp on the word of God. But Eli had a problem. And Eli's problem was his devotion to his children was greater than his devotion to God I want you to notice this look at 1st Samuel 3 verse 13 it tells us this okay and this is this is this is God speaking to Samuel actually I want to drop back drop Back to verse number 11. It says, And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from the beginning to the end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me read that to you again because I, w- I want it to sink in. I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible and he failed to restrain them. See, Eli loved his boys, Hophni and Phinehas. He loved them. But he didn't love them enough to discipline them. He loved them enough that they would reciprocate back to him. He wasn't willing to love them enough that he would do what's right for them even if he didn't receive love back. Listen, parent, grandparent, your ultimate goal is not for your grandkids to be crazy about you. Your ultimate goal is not for your kids to love you. Oh, I'm gonna, you know what? I love the fact that I get to spoil my grandkids. Shame on you. I hear grandparents say that all the time. It is one of the dumbest things that you can say. Let me say that again. I want to lovingly rebuke you. That's one of the dumbest things that you can say, oh, I'm going to pay back my kids for all that they did because I'm going to spoil their kids rotten. Really? Why would you even speak that over your grandchildren? I'm not there yet, and I want, I want my son and daughter to be on notice that we've got a long time before I'm ready to be a grandparent. But when that day comes, I'm not spoiling my grandkids. Because I want them to grow up to be spiritual giants. Eli spoiled his children. And the result of that, he experienced the judgment of God, and his sons experienced the judgment of God. And what was it all about? He didn't love them enough to discipline them. He loved them enough to receive adulation back, to receive love back. He didn't love them enough to do what's right even if they thought bad about him. Grandpa, your goal is not for your grandchildren to love you. Your goal is that they love Jesus. Mom, your goal is not that your children are crazy about you. It's that they're crazy about God. That's the win. And, and listen, when you do that right, they'll grasp, they'll embrace, honor your father and your mother. It's the first commandment with a promise that those who do so will have a long life and will prosper. Eli was a godly man he knew what the word of God said and in his own life Eli didn't break the rules that were in the book man he followed them to the best of his ability he followed them to the letter but when his children didn't he did this And one of, the, one, of the, one of the big areas is this. If you go back to the second chapter, it says this. In verse number 29. It says, why do you scorn my sacrifice and offering that I pres- prescribe for my dwelling? Okay, this is God prophesying against Eli. Why do you scorn my sacrifice? See, Eli was a failure as a parent. And Eli fostered an environment in a home that was highly religious, but lacked the presence of God. Let me say that again, because I want it to sink in. Highly, highly religious. Eli was a priest. His sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were both priests. Their home was highly religious, but it absolutely lacked the presence of God. why number one there was a lack of discipline number two there was an ineffective demonstration of what it means to worship as eli's sons would act inappropriately with the sacrifice Eli did nothing to say, no, 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 boys, this is not the way you do this. This is not the way that you handle the things of God. This is not the way that you come into God's presence. It's not the way that you reverence God. And here's what I have found. I have found this, that we have a generation that is growing up with a severe lack of discipline because parents want to be buddies rather than being parents. Because grandparents want to spoil their grandchildren rather than raise them in true godliness. And our children, they're not seeing an effective demonstration of worship for two reasons. Number one is this. We don't want them bothering us, so we send them off to kids' church. We send them off to youth church. That way we can do church the way that we want, and that way we can have music the way that we want. Because church is about us and it's about our time rather than being an example to this generation and the next generation. It's the reason why, and I know this, friends, as a pastor at times, I've had pushback over the the style of music that we do and the way that we do music. And why do we do it this way? It's because, friends, it's a tool that you have to engage with God and we should be able to engage with God no matter what the style of music is but here's what I understand. I understand this. That we have to reach this generation. We have to reach the next generation. We have to. You know, there are styles of music I don't get. I don't get rap music. I don't get it. I can't rap, I can barely rap presents. <laughs> My son loves rap music. My son is white. If he were any more white, he would be clear. And he, but he loves rap music. He, 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 he competed in the fine arts festival that we have in, in the rap division. God bless him. You know what? Man, I will support that and I will champion that with every fiber in my being. Because I want want my children, I want our children to understand what it means to be a worshiper. That's the reason why, listen very carefully, you will never hear a time where I will say, get that noisy child out of the sanctuary. I'm embarrassed when pastors do that. Bring your kids into church with you. Let them see your hands raised in worship. Let them hear you passionately crying out to God. Let them sit beside you as you've got the word of God open. Say here, that's, that's what it says. It says that right there. Eli loved his sons, but not enough to just discipline them and not enough to demonstrate for them an appropriate demonstration of worship. Why? Because he loved the connection with his sons more than he loved God. That's what it says in the second half of 1 Samuel 2.29. Why do you honor your sons more than me? Why do you honor your sons more? more than me you know what for the longest time as a pastor something that has amazed me is this and I'll say this to those of you sitting here I'll say this to everyone watching on television or watching via live stream I never cease to be amazed at how parents have no problem having their children miss church for a sporting event for a school project but very few will have their children miss school for something that's church-related. And when it's all said and done, let me tell you, and there are are parents all over this auditorium this morning that would tell you that if they had it to do all over again, they would have their daughter at one one less softball game, they would have their their son be on one less soccer trip, and they would have him at youth camp. They'd have them in church. Because you've raised a child that knows sports. And sports has become their God. We don't discipline them because we want them to like us. We don't demonstrate genuine worship to them. And we're devoted to the things that make them happy rather than the things that make them holy. I'll tell you what I believe, not just what I believe, I'll tell you what I know. In the life of your child, in the life of your grandchild, And the life of the children of this church that you're responsible to as part of this family, even though they might not share DNA with you, they share a spiritual connection with you. And you have a responsibility for helping in the raising of those children. And the life of each one in this generation that's before us, and the generation that will come after them, should the Lord tarry? There is, in, there is within each one of them a heart that beats, that has a natural inclination to connect with God. And if we simply help them make that connection, they will live out their destiny with relentless determination. I believe this, it's time that we take back our children. Yeah. Let me say that again. I believe it's time that we take back our children. Teach it to your children and to your children's children Impress it upon them. So here's what I want to have happen. I want you to stand with me. This is going to take a moment to do, and let me say this, it's 1214. I wanted to be out by noon. It's a holiday weekend. You don't have anywhere to go. (laughs) This is going to take a moment to do. If you're here, please don't leave with your children right now. Okay? Listen very carefully to me. Please do not leave with your children right now. There's nothing more important than what we're going to do in this moment. Okay? Here's the exception I want to make. If you have a child in the nursery, I want you to go get them. And I want you to bring them to this altar. I want every child that's on this campus right now, I want us to bring our children to the altar. So if you're here, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, you're here and you've got a child with you, I want you to bring them to the altar. If you've got a little one that's in the nursery, go get them and bring them to the altar. Okay? Okay. Your children, they'll come to Children's Church and and they pray. But it's time that you pray over them. It's time that they see you in a public setting, that that you're laying hands on them and and that you're praying over them. It's time for the church to, to recapture the hearts and the minds of our children. I'm going to wait, I'm gonna wait one, one more moment and then just for, the, for those of you that are empty nesters uh, you're going to have a part in this alright because <laughs> there's something I'm going to do I'm going to ask all of you family I want you to step forward come up right up next right up next to those stairs okay I want you to turn around for a second I want you to look at the people that are that are that are, that are still in the, in the crowd okay you're not alone these people are here to help you okay many of them They've done this journey, okay? They know where you're at, okay? They've got some wisdom in this. You can ask them questions. You can talk to them. You can ask them to pray for you. You're not in this alone because the church family together is committed to helping you raise children that turn out right. Okay? Now, church family, we're going to demonstrate that in a powerful way. I want the rest of you, I want you to come, and we're going we're to we're stand with these families. Come on. Don't wait. Don't wait, Don't wonder. It, this includes you. Okay, come on. By the way, if you're a guest here today, you were a guest an hour ago. Now you're part of Calvary. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm convinced to this. I'm convinced that this is one of the most important altar calls that I've done in my two and a half years as a pastor. That we as a church make this declaration to our children, We make this declaration to God that we are committed to raising children who turn out right. That we are going to impress the reality of who God is. That we're going to impress the promises of God on our children and on our grandchildren. That's okay. Press in. Okay. The person next to you, they put on deodorant. It's all right. Okay. (laughs) Pastor Sheikh, where are you at? Parents, here's what I want you to do. Parents, I want you to place a hand on your child. Church family, I want you to place a hand on the parent. And we're going to pray a prayer of strength over your children. We're going to pray a prayer of protection over your children. We're going to pray a prayer of destiny over your children. And then we're going to pray... A prayer over the parent and then finally over the church. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna shift on you. Here's how I want you. I want you to pray for the children, and I'm gonna pray for the parents in the church. Okay? Pastor Shake, would you just pray a prayer blessing over our children this
1: morning? Sure. Dear God, we thank you so much, Father. First of all, that we get to be a part of a church that honors families, that loves kids. Lord, I thank you for every single child in this room this morning. Lord, I thank you for our church family that's not here. Lord, all those kids represented, Father, I pray a hedge of protection around them. Lord, I pray that your word, Lord, that your presence would ground them, that your presence would surround them, Father. Lord, I pray that there's nothing that the the enemy would do to their mind, body, or soul that would have any negative impact on them. Father, I pray that as they they stay home this summer, Lord, as as they do the activities that they're going to do, Lord, I pray that you would keep them safe. Lord, I pray that there's nothing, no no strategy, Lord, that would overcome them. Father, I thank you for what you're going to do in this church and in this church family this summer. Lord, as, 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 as other churches have, have seen decrease, Lord, we know that we're going to see things happen, Lord, that we haven't even seen before. Lord, I thank you because you're here, Lord. And, and as our kids grow in you, as they learn more about your word and experience your presence more and more, Lord, I know that we're going to see miracles, that we're going to see life change that that we've never seen before lord i thank you because there is a great thing happening and that you've allowed us to be a part of it lord i thank you for this moment i thank you for the season i thank you lord that the lives of the kids in this church will change and you're going to use them to impact this community like never before we thank you lord we worship you we honor you
0: god right now i', I... I pray for each and every parent that is standing with the child. God, some are standing with toddlers, some are standing with infants, preschoolers, elementary age, adolescents, and even into young adults. God, I speak a profound sense of your presence over each parent right now. I speak wisdom over them in Jesus' name. I speak a rich anointing over them in Jesus' name. I speak a release of spiritual gifting over them in Jesus' name. God, every tool that they need to be the parent that you've called them to be, I speak that over them in Jesus' name. I come against fear. I come against anxiety. I come against inadequacy in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you're giving them the courage and the determination God, I pray specifically for parents that are here, that are standing with a child that is a strong-willed child. Father, I thank you that that challenge of a strong-willed child, that it has in it the promise of a strong-willed champion for God. And we speak that over our strong-willed children that they would have a strong will for the things of God, that they would have a strong will for the things of the kingdom. And I speak that over them right now in Jesus' name. So, God, we thank you that you're encouraging a mom. We thank you that you're encouraging a dad. We thank you that you're empowering a grandma. God, we thank you that you're empowering a grandfather. And we speak that over this family right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for our church that we would be a church that sees revival in our children, that sees outpouring of your Holy Spirit in our teens, that we see young people that are walking in a right relationship with you, that we see children that understand what the call of God is upon their life. We speak that over our children and in Jesus' name. We speak that over our parents in Jesus' name. We speak that over our grandparents in Jesus' name. We speak that over our children in Jesus' name. And Father, I finally... I pray this, I pray for every child that is not yet a part of Calvary, but God that you have called us to reach God, that you would prepare their hearts for the ministry that's coming in the coming hours, the coming weeks, and the coming months, because Calvary is coming alive as it relates to ministering to children, to ministering to adolescents, to ministering to young adults. And God, we claim those that are not yet a part of the Calvary family. We claim them for the kingdom. Father, we thank you that you are raising up an army of children's ministry team. You're raising up an army of student ministry team. You're raising up an army of young adult ministry team. to see this generation and the next generation to be excited about and to be fully connected with the things of God. We bind the enemy, we declare him a defeated foe. He has no foothold in our homes. He has no foothold in our families. He has no foothold in our church. He has no foothold in our community. We claim this generation and the next generation. We claim them for the kingdom of God. And we celebrate, oh God. We celebrate what you're doing in the lives of our children. We celebrate your anointing upon our children. We celebrate your presence in our home and in our family. And we give it to you in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Come on church, let's celebrate what God's doing in our home. Let's celebrate what he's doing in our children. Let's celebrate what he's doing in our family. Who's kidding who? Listen, we're not kidding. We're raising children that turn on rally. Amen. I'll bring, I'll bring Amen. You
1: Hello, it's our pleasure to bring
0: the ministry of Calvary Orlando into your home through the Calvary Connect television program. We would love to hear your feedback as a viewer. We encourage you to email us at tv at calvaryorlando.org. Let us know what you like or what you don't like. We would especially love to hear stories of how Calvary's ministry has helped your faith or enriched your life. Thank you so much for being a part of the Calvary family through our television ministry. And we look forward to hearing from you.
1: Thank you for joining us for Calvary Connect. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for our Sunday morning worship experience each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. We are located right off I-4 at 1199 Clay Street. To connect more with Calvary, visit our website at calvaryorlando.tv. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for watching and God bless.